running up the score. You're listening to the Running Up the Score podcast. Now here's your host, Jerry Napoleonello. All right. The Super Bowl is in our sights now. We uh, are past the conference championships. We are in that middle week of a break watching the uh, the bad Pro Bowl and all that. But uh, I want to get into you know some of these championship games. I want to talk about what to expect uh, in the Super Bowl next week. Um, we'll do a an episode just strictly on the Super Bowl, what uh, to expect and all that. Maybe talk some betting and whatnot. But uh, before we get into all of that, we got some things to get into other than the game. Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, has officially retired. Now, we thought that was going to happen last year, but then he came back. Tampa Bay didn't have the season that they thought they were going to have. Uh, I don't think Tom Brady thought that was going to happen either, but he has decided to retire. And the funny thing about that is that someone actually took, basically, they watched the video that he put on Instagram and all the social medias, and they went to the exact spot, or at least what they think is the exact spot he retired from. And took sand from the beach, put it in a jar, and is selling it on eBay for a pretty hefty price, which is pretty funny. But I mean, listen, I think someone's gonna, I think someone's actually gonna buy it because people are into that stuff. It's it's crazy to to believe, but that's you know, that's that. So also, Sean Payton. And the Saints and Denver Broncos have decided to agree on a deal to send Sean Payton to Denver. Uh, the, the details of the trade, Denver is sending over a 2023 first-round draft pick and a 2024 second-round draft pick in exchange, in exchange for Sean Payton and the Saints' uh, 2024 third-round pick. The Dallas Cowboys have fired Kellen Moore. They said that they basically together they made the choice to to go, but that's whatever. Uh, they also have Brian Schottenheimer taking over the offensive coordinator spot, but it seems as though Mike McCarthy will be calling plays even now with Brian Schottenheimer as the offensive coordinator. D'Amico Ryans. Hired by Houston, I think that's a great hire. What he was able to do with that defense in San Francisco was unbelievable. He deserved this, and um, I'm excited to see what he does. Houston still needs a quarterback, so we'll see what happens uh, in the draft and how they move forward. D'Amico is going to have a a tough season, but I think he he has what it takes to to really turn that, that team around. Now into the games. We'll start off with San Francisco and Philadelphia. All right. I was, and I mean, it's it's hilarious to me. 
again, like last week, I said, listen, I I do this stuff. They, like, you know, I make these picks and, you know, all that. They're, they're predictions, guys. They're, they're just predictions. They're just guesses. I mean, if I knew exactly what was going to happen, I would be a psychic. I would be making crazy money because I'd be sitting here, you know, making all kinds of predictions that come true. I mean, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be just doing a little podcast. So, yeah, there's a 50-50 chance that I'm wrong. And guess what? I had that 50% chance that I was wrong that hit. So, me saying, oh, I think the, the Eagles are going to try to run the ball and, you know, it's going to be tough against the San Francisco defense, this and that. Yeah, I, you know, I really thought so. And to be honest with you, all the way up until about the third quarter-ish, I was pretty right. The the Philadelphia Eagles, even though having four rushing touchdowns, if you come out of that game and say you feel good about the Eagles and you think that they had a dominant game, I don't know what game you watched. Okay, because to be honest with you, if San Francisco actually had a capable quarterback... I don't think that game is, or I don't think that game goes the way it did. Now, we could start right from the beginning. First drive of the game, Philadelphia. They they had, uh, I think it was like fourth and four or something like that. Throw it deep to Devontae Smith. He catches it. Next play, Philadelphia scores. Okay, now I understand where everybody's coming from. They're they're upset that the the refs, you know, didn't have that expedited challenge camera angle right away and they couldn't stop the play. I understand that. And yes, that should happen, but okay, this really you can't blame the refs on this. This is on Kyle Shanahan. And the reason why I say this is on Kyle Shanahan, how many times have you ever really seen a wide receiver catch the ball and then automatically jump up and try to get the team to to, to huddle or to at least get a playoff? You saw Devontae Smith going, you know, punching his fists together, trying to get them down there and to snap the ball. Right then and there, should have told Kyle Shanahan, all right, something's up. Whether it's, you know, whether you lose the challenge or not, I think you, it, by the way that Devontae Smith acted after that, there's no question in my mind I would have absolutely challenged that. So this is, this is just uh, like, you know, when are we going to start talking about Kyle Shanahan and the fact that he can't win the big one? What's the deal? You know, we talk, we, we rave about Kyle Shanahan. Oh, Kyle Shanahan doesn't need a quarterback, this, that. Listen, he's got an incredible, incredible roster. 
there's no excuse. And I, yes, I understand this year. Hey, listen, you lost your number one quarterback. You lost your number two quarterback in the the championship game. You lost your three and your four. I understand that, and that's just that was that was horrible. And to me, honestly, before I go further with Kyle Shanahan, I think the NFL needs to at least for the playoffs. I you know. In the regular season, it's whatever, but in the playoffs, we can't have that happen. I think there should automatically be an extra quarterback that's on the roster added to the active roster and dressed just in case. Because we can't have that happen again in the biggest game other than the Super Bowl. That was horrible. That game from the time Purdy got hurt to the end of the game, it was just horrendous. So that's got to change. I think the NFL needs to really look into, okay, let's add a quarterback to the roster so that an NFL team has three quarterbacks on the roster ready to go dressed if anything is to happen. It's a freak accident. How many times do we see two quarterbacks go down? I understand that. But at least have it, you know, be able to stop the bleeding. You know, we've, we have that in hockey. Hockey, there's a guy that just sits in the stadium, you know, that has nothing to do with the game. Or the teams, I should say. Just ready, just in case two goalies get hurt. You know, you have a guy that just comes off the bench, you know, that was doing construction the day before. And now he's in a game because two goalies got hurt. This is something that the, the the NFL needs to look at so that we don't have that happen again. The San Francisco 49ers cannot, could not throw the ball. Like, that's absurd. And, you know, now back to Kyle Shanahan... You know, and I said, Kyle Shanahan, just, it, it just seems like he can't win the big one. It's scary, to be honest with you, because he's so good. He's such a good coach. He's so dynamic as a head coach and a, a play caller. Yet, when it comes down to either the Super Bowl or the, the championship game, he just f- folds. In what... In whose right mind do you think it's okay to have one of the premier edge rushers in Hassad Reddick? In whose right mind thinks, okay, I'm going to block him with a backup tight end? What is going through your mind to think, I'm all right? That literal play is what ended your season. And I mean, if you really look at that play, to be totally honest with you, Brandon Ayuk was going to be so open. Literally right as Brock Purdy dropped back, well, kind of like slid over to the left and cocked back to throw that, and then Hassan Reddick hit him, Brandon Ayuk was breaking Wide open. You know, it, it's... Overall, in this game, I, I thought Shanahan just just keeps 
coming up short, and it, it's scary, uh, you know, what happens to him in big games. But to be to 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 be totally honest with you again, we can't sit here and say, okay, you know, basically, we can't sit here and say if Purdy stayed in that game, the 49ers would win. But we also can't say if Purdy did stay in that game, the Eagles were going to win. That's a totally different game if they have a quarterback that throws the ball. The 49ers defense was on the field for 37 minutes. 37 minutes. It's it's insane to me that people say the Eagles dominated the 49ers. The Eagles dominated the number 1 defense. Let's let's not get it twisted here. The Eagles averaged 3.4 yards per rush. They weren't rushing the ball great. Yes, they had four rushing touchdowns. That's like when you're, if you're coming to me and saying, oh, they rushed the ball so well they had four touchdowns, then that just tells me that you're looking at the stats you didn't watch the game. Jalen Hurts passed for 120 yards. And I know at one point, I, I mean, I don't know if it's true or not. I heard that, you know, when Purdy got hurt and then Josh Johnson got hurt. Sirianni wanted to show everybody that you could still win by not throwing the ball, so he he rushed the ball, I think, like 18 times in a row, whatever it was. It's a lot different when that defense has been on the field as long as it, uh, as long as it was, but also has to worry about, okay, you might pass it here. So we can't play you straight up on the run. So it, it's a it's a big difference. But again, the Eagles didn't do anything spectacular. The Eagles, I'm not sitting back here and saying, wow, the Eagles are going to be tough to beat. Because there was really nothing in that game that made me sit back and say, this is, this is a crazy team that I don't think is going to be beat. In fact, I'm sitting back here this week saying, are the Eagles really that good? I will say what Lane Johnson is doing is remarkable. That that whole false start thing that people are coming out with, it's stupid. You know, it's it's a lot easier to watch a replay and it's listen, he he knows the snap count. But let's be totally honest. The guy's got a torn groin. So what he's doing and what he's dealing with between Kayvon Thibodeau and then Nick Bosa, I mean, it's pretty incredible. But the dominance that people are talking about was not there. I'm being totally honest with you. You can't tell me, oh, listen, um, you know you're going to go into this game and you're going to play a team that can't throw the ball. Let's put eight in the box. Let's help the pass rush. Let's all, all that. Other than the, the touchdown drives that the Eagles had, they had a two-minute drive, a two-minute and six-second drive. They had a two-minute and nine-second drive. They had a one-minute and 45-second drive. They also had a 56-second uh, drive. 
on their touchdown drives, they started that they started at their own 34 at once. They started at their own 25. They started at the San Francisco 30, and they started on their own nine. But their first touchdown drive, aided by the the catch no catch, their second down drive, uh, their second touchdown drive, they had a defensive pass interference on third down. They had an illegal hands on a sack on second and ten. They also had an illegal contact on second and nine. Then their third touchdown, they had a face mask and started the drive on the San Francisco 30 after a fumble. And their fourth touchdown drive, there was an unnecessary roughness second down on their own, uh, on the own 21. Okay? They both, both teams averaged 3.4 yards per rush. San Francisco had 11 penalties that cost them 81 yards. And the Eagles had 0.2 more yards per play than the 49ers. And the same amount of drives. They they both had 10 drives per that that whole game. Yet the Eagles averaged 3.8 yards per play and San Francisco averaged 3.6. You cannot tell me that the Eagles dominated the 49ers. You can't tell me that. And the Eagles had seven first downs off of 49ers penalties. San Francisco had zero. That game changes after Purdy goes down. So you can't sit here and tell me. And and like, listen, I understand that you play who you're given. There, you can't. There's no way around that. I know that. But we also can't sit back here and say the Eagles haven't had the easiest route to a Super Bowl ever. And I will be the first to say, yes, I did think, you know, that the Giants had a chance against the Eagles. The only reason why I thought that was because I know how the NFC East plays each other. Trust me, I'm a Cowboys fan. I know how it goes. This is a division that hasn't had back-to-back winners in like 15 years. So this division knows how to play each other. So the fact that the Eagles beat the Giants twice during the regular season, I know how tough it is to beat a team three times. That was the only reason why I thought the 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 Giants had a chance. I still picked the Eagles because I don't think the Giants are that good, but I thought it would have been a little closer. I was wrong. I think a lot of people were wrong. But they've had the easiest route to a Super Bowl. You play a mediocre Giants team. You didn't play anybody all season long. And when you did play somebody, they beat you up. Then you get into the the NFC Championship game. First of all, you're playing a third stringer. Yes, he was on a six-game, seven-game winning streak. 
the 49ers come in on an 11-game, 12-game winning streak. But it's a third-string quarterback. Then, after the first drive, he goes down. So now you're on the fourth-string quarterback. A guy that, on a normal, like, regular season game, barring, you know, other injuries, wouldn't even be on the roster. And then he goes down, and then they have to bring in the third-string quarterback that can't throw the ball for more than a half. So the Eagles, all they had to do was stop the run. That was it. They weren't worried about a a, a pass. And when Brock Purdy actually dropped back to pass, he threw it for a yard. Do not sit here and tell me that it wasn't the easiest route to a Super Bowl. And also now you're going into a game against the Super uh, you know in the Super Bowl against a team that lost three wide receivers in the previous game and has their quarterback basically on one leg. It's it's crazy to me that people actually sit here and say the Eagles dominated the 49ers and the Eagles you know they just they're a dominant team. I don't see it. I don't see it. The verdict for me is still out on Jalen Hurts. And I know I'm probably going to get killed again on TikTok, you know, by all the the Eagles fans. I don't care. I laugh because you guys act like I should know these things. I should know that Brock Purdy's going to get hurt and that the Eagles are just going to feast on that. I should know that Josh Johnson was going to get hurt. I should know that San Francisco wasn't going to be able to throw the ball for three quarters. Come on. Now we move on to, uh, actually, here we go. Eagles only had 269 yards of offense on 70 offensive plays and 3.8 yards per play, you know, average, as I said. So, altogether, again, 269 yards. They didn't dominate. Stop. It's crazy that you actually think they dominated. On to the next game. Cincinnati at Kansas City. Going into this game, we were, we were thinking, all right, this is Burrowhead. Joe Burrow 3-0 and against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Back-to-back AFC championships in, Bar- in, in Arrowhead, Burrowhead. We're thinking, okay, Joe Burrow is going to take it again. But I said previously, you know, before that game, listen, the Kansas City pass rush is, to me, I feel like it's not talked about enough. What Chris Jones has done this season, what that defensive line has done this season, has been incredible. Their secondary is not great. But they get to the quarterback very well. 
They were second to the Eagles in sacks this year. So, them going against a team that is missing three starting linemen was huge. And it showed earlier in the game. Later on, it started to get tighter. Obviously, we, you know, it was a tie game with 10 seconds left. A lot of people are talking about the refs in this one. Honestly, a lot of the calls that were made were good calls. And that last play, honestly, you can't sit here and say, you can't call that. That's how egregious that was. That was so on the money for a roughing the quarterback call than ever that that than any other roughing the quarterback you could see. He was like two steps out of bounds. The things I learned in this game is Patrick Mahomes is absolutely unbelievable. What he's been able to do on one leg is incredible. What he was able to do in this game, having missing Juju, having missing uh, Kadarius Toney, also missing McCole Hardman, who finally came back after missing games since week nine and then gets hurt in this one and now is not going to play in the Super Bowl. It's like, it's it's crazy. Mahomes on one leg threw for 326 yards and two touchdowns with with losing all three of those wide receivers. Jalen Hurts threw for 120. I mean, it, it's... It's unbelievable what Patrick Mahomes is doing. And for people to say that Jalen Hurts should be MVP over Patrick Mahomes, you're out of your mind. And I know, obviously, this has nothing to do with the playoffs. Like, MVP has nothing to do with the playoffs. Yeah, that's that's fine. But I'm saying, even in the season, during the season, look at the team that Jalen Hurts has. Look at the team that Patrick Mahomes has. It's night and day. Jalen Hurts, number one receiver, A.J. Brown. (laughs) Patrick Mahomes, number one receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster. Jalen Hurts, number two wide receiver, Devontae Smith. Patrick Mahomes, number two, McCole Hardman. It's like, it's night and day. I like that we're seeing a lot of Isaiah Pacheco now. I think he's starting to really get into his groove here. I think they're really starting to, to run the ball well, and that's that's huge. They're going to need to at least be able to run the ball in the Super Bowl, and we'll talk about that next week. But, yes, I, I think what Pacheco did in this game against Cincinnati was huge. It definitely helped Patrick Mahomes. It it was just it was funny how this whole this this game was being prepared like like how this game how we were going into this game Cincinnati you would have thought already won this game before this game even started the way that they were talking all week long calling it Burrowhead call like just everything and you heard a peep out of the Chiefs 
And the Chiefs went into that game in their own stadium and took care of business. The one play that everybody talks about is, you know, the the do-over play. But, I mean, it had no bearing on the game. It probably wasted about 10 seconds because he got sacked the next play. And they probably got better field position than they would have because instead of, like, I think it was, like, third and, 30, third and nine maybe that ended up getting about a, a six-yard catch. So that it would have been fourth and three rather than fourth and twelve. So they just it, it it worked out for the better. So I don't know why this this play is talked about so much because it really had absolutely no bearing on the game. It was weird, yes, but there was no bearing. Everybody talks about how loud Kansas City is. I, I mean. Nobody heard the ref blow his whistle, but he came in waving his hands, everything whistled. I mean, it's what are you going to do? But what the Chiefs did in this one and how they played and how Patrick Mahomes played was impressive. It really was absolutely impressive. And I think this offseason, the Bengals really need to look into offensive line help. I think they did leading into this season. I think they did a good job adding some guys, but they, you know, Joe Burrow was still sacked, you know, at least top five in the league. I think he was number one, but now we can call it a rivalry because Patrick Mahomes was able to beat Joe Burrow. And listen, Joe Burrow is going to be there. This is, you know, you know, this. This rivalry is not going away anytime soon. But I can say, Travis Kelsey is a national treasure. I mean, what he what he was doing after the game, I, it was hilarious. It really was hilarious. Uh, I've been listening to their podcast, Jason Kelsey and and Travis Kelsey. The, the funny thing is now, my buddy, who will be on uh, in the offseason to talk about his Chiefs, I said the other day, and this this has been you know in and out of the news uh, the last couple of years, that Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey's last name is not actually pronounced Kelsey. It's pronounced Kels. But everybody always from the time he came into the league said Kelsey. So it just, instead of correcting everybody, he just lets it go. But listening to their podcast, they flip back and forth. I mean, you hear Travis Kelsey, you know, say, oh, it's the Kelsey Bowl. And then later on in the show, he'll be like, it's the Kels Bowl. You know, it's like, it, it's funny. It actually is funny. And they have a very good podcast. Uh, I think it's pretty funny. And it's crazy that this is the first year that they're doing it. And now they're in the Super Bowl against each other. I can only imagine how uh, the parents are feeling going into this game. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a real good one. I'm actually really excited for this game, and I'll give my pick next week. But I'm I'm interested in this game. I'm I'm pretty pumped. I really did not want the Eagles to be in it, but they are. So just gonna have to deal with it. But really, uh, I think that's it. That that'll do it for 
running up the score. It's a short show. Next week, I'll be talking the Super Bowl, so maybe it'll be a little longer. And then after that, we're on to um, talking about each team in each episode. I want... Listen, if you feel you know this your team the best, again, hit me up. Let me know what you think. If you want to come on, I'd love to have you on. R-U-T-S Sports on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. R-U-T-S Sports at gmail.com and www.rutsports.com. Check it all out. That will do it. I'm Jerry. Be breezy. Be breezy. And it is all over. You've been listening to Running Up the Score. We run up the score on Sports Radio.